Welcome to another Monday of... No one gets away with anything. Today with you, we are... Jose Rafael Trinetti. And Ayana Lopez. Mm. We have an interesting episode, as usual. Yes. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about the enjoying bad moments in your life. Exactly. We're or not f- talking about masochism. That's the first thing that Ariana said. <laughs> no. Okay. It's about finding the happiness in the dark times, as Jose put it when yes. we were discussing it. So yeah, I I think there's different approaches towards this. Yes, there are. And when you talk to me about it, I like the first thing I thought about was gratefulness. Y es como lo que dicen todos los budas y toda la gente de meditación y tal. Como que the only way you're always going to find a reason for which to be happy is you is if you're grateful for what you have. Sí, bueno, también me entra por el oído el catolicismo que te dice por la otra mejilla y se agradecido que no te pintes, sabes que no moriste, sabes cualquier cosa así. I, I don't I don't go there. Okay. I don't go there. ¿Cuál es tu approach? Eh, okay, let's go deep. Yo empiezo ya. Okay, go deep. And my biggest experience in this field in particular fue el cáncer de mi mamá. Okay. Estaba hablando por teléfono con mi mamá el otro día and we were talking and she was saying like, you know, we like I've gone some, some through some very hard stuff. And I was being like, we were talking, and I remember her saying, like, cancer. And I was like, Mom, when you had cancer, it was, like, the best two years of our lives. And she was like, what? It kind of was, because we had a lot of fun. Okay. Like, even though she had cancer, we made a lot of fun out of it, you know? Not actually joking about cancer. We just, we understood that there was a bad situation. We understood that we had to take care of our mom and that she had to be very careful and that she might die. But at the same time, it was like, well... This is exactly the time to grow up and do some pretty cool shit. And we did. Like, those were two years of the best parties I've ever had. The best moments with my family that I've ever had. And, you know, the best friendships and connections that I could have made. Because I was actually enjoying everything that was happening around me, even though I had that bad, really, really bad thing happening mm-hmm. in my life. And muchas personas me dicen como que, bueno, pero sabes por qué pasaste un buen momento. No, no, no. Tipo, the fact that she had cancer. Like, they're causally linked. Okay. ¿Sí me explico? O sea, en verdad es un poquito... Es, es demasiado difícil separarlos porque en verdad estaban juntos. Como que el hecho de que nosotros hayamos estado pasando por una situación que para el resto del mundo era terrible y que nos teníamos a nosotros, a mi hermano, mi hermana, eh, mi hermano, mi hermana, mi mamá, yo, el resto de mi familia, como que it made it all not only bearable, but enjoyable. Okay. And I think that it's different. I don't know. That's my experience. No es tanto el, ay, me están cayendo a coñazos ahorita en la calle. Este, let's be grateful that, no, o sea, es como que, porque I think that's delusional. I don't know. Do you? Es que yo lo veo distinto. I have two things to say. First, to what you were, towards what you just said. Creo que lo que pasa cuando tienes circunstancias tan complejas como el cáncer de tu mamá, por ejemplo, se te abren unas puertas que de lo contrario no te hubieses dado cuenta que estaban ahí. Y es como que, ok, modo alerta, o sea, estoy en una circunstancia de emergencia, how can I seize this opportunity to improve what's around me? Because, o sea, nadie más lo va a hacer por ti. Cuando no tienes esas circunstancias de, coño, algo va a salir mal, si no todo está bien, te das el lujo de fijarte en las cosas que están mal. Pero cuando tienes una situación particular que ocupa tanto espacio en tu cabeza, más bien tu cerebro se enfoca en lo que es más difícil de conseguir, que son las cosas buenas. Entonces, 
I think... O sea, tú estás hablando como de survival mode. Exacto. Sí, es más como, ok, me tengo que poner las pilas. Es que yo siento que a mí, o sea, si a veces no me sacudes, yo no hago las cosas. Y siento que en nuestra vida las cosas cotidianas también necesitan una sacudida. O sea, tu rutina puede estar cool, pero tu rutina puede ser mejor. Solo que si no tienes una necesidad de improve your routine, si no tienes una necesidad de, coño, vamos a hacer unas fiestas más cooles. Oye, voy a salir más con mi familia. Oye, voy a disfrutar esto en particular con mis amigos. No lo vas a hacer, porque es como... Estás, estás cómodo con tu rutina. Y lo que hacen estas circunstancias complicadas es que te dicen, ok, se acabó lo que se daba, se acabó la guachafita y te vas a mover de donde estabas. Y ahora, lo que es difícil es, either you take the path that you guys took, que fue como, take the most out of it, o te deprimes. Y dices, yo estaba full cómodo, ahora no puedo estar cómodo otra vez. Me jodí, ¿entiendes? Y en lo de gratefulness, este, yo siento que también las circunstancias difíciles son un trampolín para darte cuenta de las cosas que están bien en tu vida. O sea, a mí me, siempre me pasa que cuando me enfermo, se hacen cosas chiquitas. Tipo, uno da por sentado de sentirse bien, brother. Basta que una cosa en tu cuerpo empiece a funcionar mal para que tú digas... O sea, para que toda tu rutina, todo tu bienestar, todas las cosas que eres capaz de hacer, sean limitadas. Y uno en el día a día, coño, la flojera es muy poderosa. Es como que, I just don't want to do it. But when you can't do it, it's like... First, I was so stupid, and second, the next time I have a chance, I'm going to be fucking good at it, you know? Yeah. Entonces, sí. Eso, ahí por ahí va mi approach a gratefulness. Es más como que apreciar esas cosas que damos por sentadas. True. No apreciar bueno, la uh, cosa mala que te pasó. That's not what I mean. Exacto. Pero también es tipo, el que no pudo cuando quiera, no podrá cuando... El que no pudo cuando... El que no quiso cuando pudo, no podrá cuando quiera. Okay. Yeah, okay, lo voy a decir un más alto. El que no quiso cuando pudo, no podrá cuando quiera. Básicamente es eso de... Cuando te vas a lavar los dientes y dices que, oh, fuck, I'm sick. <laughs> y dices que, why didn't I appreciate life when I wasn't mm -hmm. sick? Ese momento es demasiado, I think, happens to all of us. Pero al mismo tiempo, a mí me pasó, a mí me dio chikungunya. <laughs> chikungunya. Para los que no sepan qué es chikungunya. <laughs> qué nombre tan horrible. Es horrible, es horrible. Um, it's a mosquito um, transmitted disease. Básicamente que te ataca los joints de tu cuerpo uh -huh. y hace que en verdad moverte sea difícil. Uh -huh. Y yo pasé como tres semanas en el sofá de mi casa sin poderme mover mucho viendo Naruto. Okay? Which is kind of weird because I hadn't seen it for a very long time. I was like in the third or fourth year of high school. I was like, I hadn't really seen that series in a very long time. And rewatching it connected me with who I was before. It connected uh -huh. me with the little kid that used to watch Naruto and, and I remembered why I used to like it so much. Este, algo muy similar me está pasando ahora que estoy volviendo a ver Grey's Anatomy y se me olvidó lo buena que era esa serie. Mm -hmm. Y es como que now I'm reconnecting with that y estoy entendiendo muchísimas cosas de otra perspectiva como que, I, I mean, I've watched it like six times, pero mm -hmm. el hecho de que I was in a bad situation, I was like laid to bed meant that I had something else to look at, you know, Exacto. I had a different perspective to, to look at it from. Y bueno, Pero, eso es lo que voy con eso de las circunstancias difíciles. Siento que te obliga a hacer un shift. Y la vida se... Es que imagínate, si no pasaran cosas malas, que ojo, no estoy diciendo que, son, que es bueno que pasen cosas malas, pero if you didn't have somebody that came and shook your life every once in a while, you would be stuck in the same place. Ojo, hay distintos tipos de como sacadas de tu comfort zone, o sea, hay cosas pequeñas, cotidianas que te pueden desestabilizar un poco y hay cosas muchísimo más grandes como fue lo que te pasó a ti, que ahí sí te digo, oye, o sea, that was, that was just tough. Pero siento que hay como dos tipos de personas distintos y tú puedes ser ambas personas en algún punto de tu vida. 
puede ser la persona que dice, ok, I was shook, ¿qué voy a hacer con esto? O sea, como que, ¿qué nuevas oportunidades tengo con esto? Que puede ser, por ejemplo, la gente que se ve forzada a irse del país y ve el irse del país como una nueva oportunidad para hacer mil cosas nuevas, o la gente que está forzada a irse del país y lo ve como, o sea, la vida me escupió en un sitio en el que no quiero estar y el hecho de que no quiero estar aquí va a hacer que yo no haga nada de esto, ¿entiendes? Ok, pero también eso es rejection de una parte de tipo I reject what's happening to me okay. y siento que eso es un paso o sea mira if you're sick or something bad is happening to you okay. you can't reject it mm -hmm. o sea tienes que aceptar que te está pasando algo o sea porque como que the first axiom that you need to be okay is to understand where you are standing and if you don't even recognize that reality if you can't even compute in your own head then you're going nowhere Mm -hmm. Mira, uh, ¿cuál es el saying? The bad times make great people, good times make lazy people. That's what you mean when you say que mm -hmm. necesitas una sacudida en la vida. I have a question for you. Okay. Who says that you don't always have something? You just don't have the perspective to see it. Déjame ponértelo en, en perspectiva. Tell me three things you can change about your life to make it better right now. No. Puedes ser más constante con mi rutina. Enfocarme más en mis estudios y ser más amable conmigo mismo, bro. Okay. Those are the things that I would change. ¿No crees que eso es tú, literalmente, algo diferente? ¿No quieres escuchar eso? A veces. Es que es eso, pero a lo que voy es que las sacudidas te empujan a tomar, o sea, a saltar ese, esa brecha que existe. Pero ahí es donde estoy en contra. O sea, las sacudidas no te empujan. Ok. Las sacudidas pueden ser el impulso, como cuando estás jugando Mario Kart y te pones en el, en el carrilcito que va súper rápido. Uh -huh. okay? Okay. Te puedo aceptar que una sacudida puede ser eso. Okay. <risa> Ahora, ¿quién se mete en el camino de la sacudida? Sometimes it surprises you, but if you need something to move, you can move yourself. También es verdad. O sea, si tú alguna vez quieres y te sientes un poco stuck, generalmente estás viendo TikTok una serie, y you can... Think in five seconds of three things you can do better right there, right now, in that second to make your okay, life better. Okay. O sea, yo no me como el cuento de que tienes que tener un bad moment para mejorar. Yo creo que tú puedes encontrar things that you, you're never going to be perfect. You can find Obvio. something in your life that you need to fix. And if you really love yourself enough, and if you really are preoccupied with your own existence, you can make yourself fix it. Okay. Unless you're okay, you're stable, and it's not urgent. Porque esa es la otra. Muy fino que el cáncer de mi mamá fueron unos años muy buenos para nosotros en muchos sentidos en el que tuvimos muchísimo crecimiento. I wouldn't want to go through it again. Absolutamente. And I loved the peace that came after when my mom was okay and everything was fine. We need that too. O sea, no podemos vivir en un estado de... Alerta. Que lo... Sí, que es lo que nos pasa a los venezolanos que vivimos en Venezuela. Que es... You get so used to overcoming bad shit that happens to you that you don't realize that your quality of life doesn't exist anymore. You don't really, like, un momento de mi vida en el que yo me adapté a que no tuviésemos agua todos los días. Que yo me adapté a que la luz se fuera. Que yo me adapté a que maybe no había la comida que me gustaba comer. Y me llegué a adaptar hasta que, bueno, había días que no podía ir al colegio. That's reduced my nutrition, my education, my, my cleanliness, my health. Y yo, como si nada. Y la gente me preguntaba, tipo, ¿y tú eres un adolescente normal? Y yo, sí, sabes, yo vivo mi vida, hago mis cosas. And to an extent I was, because I was developing in a good way, pero I was taking away essential parts of me. I was accepting that the world could take things from me that were essential for me to grow as a person. Okay. Entonces, 
It's a double-edged sword. It's an ability that you must have. Tipo, sentirte, y sentirte cómodo en una mala situación y poder turn it around. Pero al mismo tiempo no puede ser tu modo de vida. Porque if you stay like that, you'll get used to losing. And it's not good. Like, getting used to losing is good, but like, not comfortable with losing. That's, okay. The, okay. that's the word. Hay una diferencia. Es totalmente cierto. Ok, creo que tienes un punto absolutamente válido. Y es verdad, pero al mismo tiempo sí siento que... O sea, mi conclusión a este contraargumento es... Las sacudidas quizás no son necesarias, pero sin duda son uno de los mecanismos que te llevan a hacer cambios radicales en tu vida. O cambios importantes. O sea, creo que las sacudidas te vienen. Hay muchas que te vienen. Sí. Hay muchas que simplemente sucede o sea... Me tocó irme a España. Uh -huh. Eso fue una sacudida que te tocó. Y que, me, que yo también escogí. Bueno, también, a ver, um, crossroads are a staple of life. O sea, sí. a veces te toca escoger entre A, B y C y te cambia la vida por completo. Sí. Ojo. Pero, o sea, the crossroads se te apareció. Tú uh -huh. tenías un plan, tú sabías lo que tú querías uh -huh. hacer y se te presentó un crossroads. O sea, ese, esa presentación... Esa presentación. Es absolutamente random. Ahora, ¿qué escogiste tú? Ya tiene mucho más que ver contigo. Uh -huh. eh, bueno, o en tu caso, opuesto a quién eres tú, ¿no? <risa> eh, pero, y, y a lo que voy, es como que... You have to understand that... If you are... If you want to be the most productive person possible. O sea, si tu meta es ser Elon Musk y work 16 hours a day, sleep, seven, sleep for seven y, y seguir con tu vida... Este, you can do that, pero la manera en que you have to do that is you have to put the obstacles that you have to overcome, you have to motivate yourself. Mm -hmm. That's not what we're talking about here. Like, it is in part, pero we're talking more about, let's make this very specific, situations that you find hopeless okay. or, or close to hopeless, moments where you're like, I don't know if I'm getting out of this one. Okay. I don't know. So, me pasaba cuando estaba jugando videojuegos puede ser un poco una mala comparación pero whenever you were playing a video game and there was a puzzle part of the game and the room was really dark you were like so you spent three days doing it and you were like I, I have no idea how to do this mm -hmm. and like it's not in life it's not like you can search on Google and it'll tell you what to do to solve the puzzle because <laughs> somebody else did it yeah no no in, 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 in like real life you have no guide for the game you have people who can help you but The decisions and the things you have to do them. Estoy hablando de ese momento, de ese momento que dice tipo, did I make the right choice moving here? Uh, el otro día hablé en mi otro podcast, Dear to Think, hablé de los profesores, de un profesor, una profesora mía, que, y de unas experiencias que he tenido yo con personas que me han tratado full mal nada más por ser venezolano. Um, mi respuesta siempre fue como que no dejarme ser una víctima porque ellos quieran que yo lo sea. Como que, don't let them put you in the role that you want to have. Y esa fue mi manera precisamente de tipo, actually, now I look at myself and I'm like, yeah, I'm a fucking badass for that, you know? Y no necesariamente, aunque fue un mal momento, o sea, cuando, cuando tú, si tú dices que poner una lista y ponerlo como un objetivo, que te, that somebody shouts a racial slur at you, should be a negative thing, and mm -hmm. I turned it into a positive one. Mi pregunta es, y es lo que no entiendo, como que I kind of get it, but I kind of don't. ¿Por qué? ¿Y cómo? Well, it happens sometimes, but I don't know how or why. Why you turn it into a positive thing? Like, why, I understand why I would do it. Como okay. que, 
entiendo la necesidad de agarrar un momento malo, te puedo decir mi why. I do not like being a resentful person. Mm -hmm. Yo siento que el resentimiento te hace más daño. It can be very good fuel sometimes, and you can use that fuel very specifically. Pero yo siento que el resentimiento, si lo, te lo guardas y lo digeres y, y está dentro de ti, it turns into poison, makes you mm -hmm. angry, bad, etc. And that's not good. So whenever I have a moment like that, instead, I understand what's happening, and instead of turning it, like, si te dicen, como me dijeron a mí, eh, sudaca, mi respuesta fue, no, ah, no me dijiste eso. Como que, no. I understand what you're saying to me. Analizo el por qué that would hurt me. And then I say, so you're trying to hurt me because I am from the country that I am. Mm. And you believe in a really bad stereotype that we are all the same way. And then I'm like, even if I was that, which I'm not, I'm happy. Y me acuerdo que cuando me dijeron su vaca, yo dije, y feliz. Mm -hmm. Porque, tal cual, because I'm happy. I'm from the south of Latin America. Uh, and I love who it. cares? I love it, you know? Mm -hmm. Y, I don't know. That's the why. Sí. How I do that? I think also life has taught you. O sea, yo, por ejemplo, yo tengo un carácter explosivo. Y muchas veces me pongo la defensiva. O sea, me pueden decir cualquier cosa tonta y... I would just take it personally. Y además hago que el resto de mi idea sea un fastidio. Porque estoy molesta. Por X, Y, Z. Y me paso en momentos específicos de mi vida. Y he tenido etapas en mi vida en las que me paso mucho más que en otras. Y mi papá siempre me decía algo que es como que, si tú estás molesta, tienes doble trabajo. Primero, estás súper drenándote porque estás molesta y después la única persona que puede hacer que te dejes de estar molesta eres tú. Entonces, vas a estar molesta, vas a drenar tu energía y luego tienes que hacer que vas a estar feliz, pero todo eso lo tienes que arreglar tú misma. Entonces, es como que, al final, ¿qué te ganas cuando, estás, cuando algo te molesta y tú mismo quieres perjudicar el resto de tu día? Solamente por dejar claro de que esa cosa en particular te hizo ruido. Es como que nobody else is going to care. And if you want them to care, you go to tell them, this pissed me off, and then you move on. Because if you're stuck there and nobody else is stuck with you, te vas a frustrar más y no vas a lograr lo que quieres. Entonces es como que cuando tú respondes así a insultos como ese, es tú mismo, that's an act of self-love. It's like... I'm not going to be stuck in something that you are putting in my way to make my way slower than yours. Y instead of like, you know, trying to get your things in your own marriage, you just want to put people back. Y también creo que nosotros hemos aprendido que cuál es el sentido de echar a la gente para atrás si ya nosotros tenemos suficiente intentando empujarnos nosotros hacia adelante. O sea, es complicado. Entonces es como que, why am I going to look back and spend my energy in somebody when I can just spend all of my energy in myself? Mm. I get that. Uh -huh. I understand. I love it. Siliendo el libro, se llama Why Nations Fail. It's really good. It's mostly an economic book, mostly a political mm -hmm. book. It's a history of the world. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Ariana has just shifted positions um, in a very funny way. <laughs> uh, and but there's something about the book that I'm really loving. Mm -hmm. And it's an ode to individualism. Okay. Okay, it talks about institutions in the world and how, depending on the type of institution that you have, political and economic institutions, they're going to be extractive or uh, inclusive. Mm -hmm. If they're inclusive, you have a better chance of growth, of sustained growth. If they're extractive, you can grow, but you're generally always harming someone while you're growing. Okay. 
there's this thing where like society there's a point where you realize where, where history tended to make countries and people realize that if you make the other person grow we both grow okay like the theory that wealth is a cake and that some people get more and some people get less of the cake is very bad because it's not true the cake grows it's like the cake is still in the oven and it has a lot of like um Polvornear. And it just keeps growing if you keep it in the right conditions. Y una de las cosas que más me gustó del libro fue como que, generally speaking, these institutions are born from very oppressive things. Like, the United States was born out of British oppression. And mm-hmm. not to give credit to the British, there's just the circumstances that they were in, mm-hmm. you know? Como que, de las cosas que más me gustó y generalmente estas tipo, institutions like that were on the arms of four, five, six people who were like maybe this is not the right way of doing this mm-hmm. how about we do it this way mm-hmm. y por cosas de la vida por ejemplo hay un país en África eh, Botswana mm-hmm. it's one of the grow- fastest growing economies in the world and it's because in the beginning of its history while the whole slavery thing happened in Africa There was one state inside of Botswana, like one, tipo, como puede decirte que en Yaracuy, mm-hmm. había un pueblo en el que una de las personas que estaban en el pueblo decía como que, mira, esto no va a funcionar así, yo lo quiero hacer de esta manera porque me parece que es mucho más fair para las personas que trabajan conmigo. Y que, with wit and determination, generations later, from that place, democracy was born there. Mm-hmm. It's like, You're, there, were, there were five, four, one person. Mm-hmm. Look at step one, is recognizing your problem. Not necessarily your problem, your circumstance. Okay, exactly. Es como más exacto. Es como que, no necesariamente como que, ajá, yo puedo perfectamente entender que era el cáncer de mi mamá, pero no, no, no es lo mismo entender que es el cáncer de mi mamá y entender la logística alrededor de mm-hmm. tu mamá tiene cáncer, ¿qué vas a hacer tú con tu vida? What Creo are the consequences son, of it? I exacto. Entonces es como que, that's part one. Part two, you, you, you said it. It's like, separate it from you. Tipo, define your problem so that it doesn't infect everything in your life. Mm-hmm. Every time that you're not dealing with a problem, enjoy it. And every time that you're dealing with a problem, do it clinically, surgically, carefully. Like, I think that's the way. I need an example. Do you have anything? Bueno, lo que te iba a decir tiene más que ver con lo que estabas hablando antes de how moments of turmoil, for example, in the States, took, like, built what we know as the States today. Y en mi clase de teoría política, eh, o sea, básicamente todo el curso revolves around the question of why are the many so easily governed by the few? Y creo que lo hablamos en el episodio pasado de que, o sea, hay pocas personas que al final tienen el will de go for more, pero a lo que voy es que lo que él nos enseña es que todos los gobiernos o todos como either monarchies or like uh, el, el poder de la iglesia y luego el poder de la democracia y los gobiernos representativos son como ficciones que nosotros, o sea, self-evident truths, yes. que nosotros decidimos poner nombres fancy y poner como cosas complicadas, pero la verdad es que son cosas que surgen como por procesos. Entonces tienes el proceso de ascent, que es, ok, cuando se empieza a construir la idea del modelo representativo, luego consent, que es aceptar 
que eso es así y es como el periodo de estabilidad y luego descent y el descent es precisamente también el momento de ascent de un friction distinto y esos momentos como de cambio son los momentos en los que las cosas son más desastrosas en esta teoría se llaman critical junctures bueno exacto entonces lo estaba hablando con un amigo el otro día como que pues aquí aplica lo de Hobbes y el Leviatán sabes como que necesitas a alguien que te garantice seguridad la forma, la cantidad de gente, el mecanismo, eso es lo que varía con el tiempo. O sea, no estoy diciendo que necesites un gobierno autoritario que regule absolutamente todo, pero sí necesitas una suerte de guía en tu camino. Y creo que las sacudillas que nos da la vida son momentos en los que nos re, repensamos nuestras guías. Y re, todo el plan como que lo pones en cuestionamiento y ahí es cuando tienes que actuar clinically. O sea, es como que, ok, plan A, no va a funcionar. O sea, ya esta estrategia... Ni siquiera lo puedo aplicar, es como un juego totalmente distinto. Ahora, ¿qué, con lo que tengo, primero, ¿a dónde quiero llegar? Con el cáncer de tu mamá. ¿Qué querías lograr tú con las cosas que ibas a hacer para ayudar? Y, o sea, tu objetivo era ayudar a tu mamá y que tu vida siguiese funcionando lo más parecido posible como funcionaba cuando tu mamá estaba sana y, hopefully, she would get healthy, que fue exactamente lo que sucedió. Ese era tu objetivo. Luego tenías que hacer, ajá, ¿Cómo permea esta situación en mi vida y qué significa eso en términos de mi día a día? Luego, es como, ok, ahora que esto está funcionando, ¿qué tengo que ir ajustando progresivamente hasta que llegas al final? Y cuando llegas al final tienes que volver a reajustar todo tu plan. Entonces, por ejemplo, quizás, incluso puede ser el tema de que nosotros nos vinimos para acá. ¿Cuál es el clinical approach? Ok, tú estás aquí y lo último que tienes es cabeza fría. Por lo menos yo... I missed my family. I felt like I didn't understand anything what was going on. <risa> Tenía amigos en la universidad, pero también estaba súper overwhelmed porque no sentía que o sea, estaban cayendo donde sea. Entonces, hay momentos en los que necesitas cabeza fría y te tienes que abstraer de tu decisión y decir, ok, ¿quiénes son los stakeholders? What are my resources? And what's my playground? Y con eso, es como, ok, I know what my strengths are in this moment. I know what my weaknesses are in this moment. Y, ok, Now, I'm, now I can build my plan. Y quizás, tipo, lo que estamos hablando antes de que necesitas o no necesitas sacudidas para replantearte tu plan, es cierto. Pero quizás esos son como unos llamados de atención un poco más radicales que los que pudieses hacer en, por tu propia cuenta. Yes. I think you touched on something that was really fucking interesting. Eh, que las que son procesos, ¿no? Mm-hmm. Ok. This is going to sound crazy. Mm-hmm. I understand that. It just popped in my head and I think it's true. Let's test it. Let's see okay. if it's, it's right. You said you need a guide. You need something that guarantees stability. I think that's you. Exactly. I think that every single time that you get an obstacle, mm-hmm. like the reason, because that was the thing. Why is it that sometimes life throws ab- obstacles at you? Pero por qué llega un punto en el que te los tienes que dar tú a ti mismo? Because the idea is that you construct yourself to be strong enough to trust yourself in the worst of times. Yes? Mm-hmm. Adam Smith, the monopoly of violence. Okay, so I don't Adam Smith, okay, governments basically are governments because they have the monopoly of violence. I don't believe that's absolutely true, but it has a shred of truth. There's this, the rising part where people there's a strategy and the strategy gets consent and then after the consent people just go with it when they go with it it creates a culture okay Mm -hmm. the reason why bad things happen in the world is a mystery but what bad people become leaders and what bad people grow like 
the Nazis or Hitler and Mussolini, etc., or Chavez, is because pe good people were too morally compromised or scared to do something about it when they had the chance. Volvemos a el que no quiso cuando pudo no podrá cuando quiera. I was studying a documentary about Venezuela. Uh, I told you about this before. And the documentary was a, that's clearly biased towards Chavez. Es decir, el documental básicamente adoraba a Chavez. Y fue muy difícil para mí escucharlo nada más porque pues viví mucho de eso. But there was something that was very true. And it's Latin America is incredibly, especially Venezuela, is incredibly socially classist. You might not admit it, people might not like it, but it's true. We're very classist. The reason why when Chavez in 2002, he was taken out of power, the reason why he came back is that the people wanted him to be back. The majority of the people wanted him back. There was a small elite, which we're a part of, at least we're the legacy of, that wanted him away, to go away. But too many good people had become morally corrupt. Mm -hmm. or had not done the right thing when they could or should have. And it led to the system just collapsing in on itself. I think that if we give ourselves, if we train ourselves to find good ways out of bad situations... No, puede ser. <laughs> uh, a bird just pooped in Jose's hand. Gets good luck. Yeah, it's very good luck. I'm glad uh, you have the good look and I do. If we train ourselves to find the good in these bad situations and we do it consistently enough in our life, we train ourselves to become good. And there's going to be a time in your life when somebody's going to offer you something that's going to be wrong or you're going to see something wrong and you're either going to do something about it or you're not. But I think that the times when we do, what this book, What Nations Fail, has taught me is that when you do things right, It's not meaningless. Mm -hmm. It's not just worthless. It's like, why would I put my life at risk if there's a corrupt government coming up and I have a chance to stand up to it, but I might die or I might have very severe consequences. It's like, you stand by your principles. You do it because if you don't do it, the next person won't do it. And it just becomes a domino effect. So think about it this way. Every good society in the world right now, every single country that is prosperous has had countless people like you who have been too afraid to do something. And a strong, very unique group of people who have managed to stand up and say, this is wrong, I'm going to do the right thing. Mm, the right thing according to them, but I'll see. Yeah, true. Hey, that can change. That's why there are different kinds of governments that do well. Mm -hmm. It's because there's different ways of doing things right. But... There were some people who stood for something different. Y for them, what they're doing is right. O sea, bajo cual sea el esquema de pensamiento. True. Bajo esas circunstancias. Pero I do get what you mean. Sin embargo, también nuestro profesor de teoría política, si una frase que me da mucha risa, es como que the cemetery is packed with brave people. Yeah. O sea, como que it's not going to be meaningless if you stand for what's right. But, you know, It's going to be one out of a hundred brave people that's actually going to be the one that takes the credit and gets to see the results of the brave. Okay, but I have a question for you. Which would you rather be? 
the brave person who died doing what they believed or the person who lived for 50 years in a country that you could have, might have saved, but wasn't, weren't brave enough to try? To be 100% honest, I think it would be the Pazu. I wouldn't. I don't know, that's something that I've always thought. Like, if I had to, it's not like I would love to do it. I mean, mm -hmm. like, no. But if, if I have a very high-paying job, and I see my boss doing something wrong, I wouldn't immediately call it out. I would find something, some way of preserving myself. But if it would be the line between preserving myself or doing the right thing, I would do the right thing. Okay, yes, but it, it depends on what does preserving yourself and doing the right thing mean. Because, for example, if it has to do with a job, I would think it twice. But if it has to do with, you know, risking my life for something that I have no guarantees for, I don't think I would. I would... You know, I'd just rather preserve myself. Well, there's always live to fight another day, you know? I think brave people like you, for example, in the circumstances are indispensable, but at the same time, not everybody was born to be a leader. You know, it's like you cannot have everyone be a leader for everything because otherwise the system is not going to work. You don't need to be a leader. I think you need to be the kind of person who makes good out of a bad situation. Exacto. Y por ejemplo también, antes de terminar, el otro día estaba hablando con mi papá de, o sea, como que, what would I do and would I be involved into politics? And I actually told him, like, I feel like to make a meaningful change in society, I would rather go for an area like education or, I don't know, environmental sustainability or NGOs rather than actually getting involved in politics because of all the turmoil that it involves. And my father told me, well, that's the reason, but that's what Aristotle said. If the people are capable, and the people with good values and good morals are escaping from politics because it seems dirty, you're just leaving the space for somebody who's going to do something against what you believed in and impose it over everybody else. Well, Socrates has this idea that they follow a lot in the Middle East to their, to their own peril because most times it hasn't been good it has had some good results which is the philosopher king idea that the person who leads a country shouldn't just be elected they should also be wise and it should be the main reason why you elect them i agree in a sense i feel like it's different now that i live here because I have a different connection to Spain. O sea, yo no siento la misma necesidad de pelear por España como mm -hmm. siento la necesidad de pelear por Venezuela. Pero si yo estuviese creciendo en Venezuela, sabiendo todas las cosas que sé, first of all, I would be very smart about it. There will come a critical juncture that will change the status quo in Venezuela. What I would do is keep my hand on the trigger, pointing right where I should, waiting for that moment to arrive. Okay. So maybe I wouldn't dedicate my life to politics, but I would be in the uh, uh, as good a position as I could so that if things start to change, if things ever stop solidifying, it stop becoming the way that they are. See, alguna vez va a haber un cambio, porque there are, there's always something. La gente pensaba que la monarquía española era invencible. Y literalmente, the English were starting to become a force in the sea, and the Spanish were about to fucking crush them to hell and a storm helped the English and they won and they became the main power in the world.
O sea, el momento que tú sientes que the USSR couldn't have become a more repressive country, where if you even thought a little bit different from the communists, you were sent to a gulag, which is a, a, a concentration camp in, in Russia, it turned around. The moment that we think that Venezuela is never going to turn around, it will at some point. Something will give. What I'm scared of is that the next, when there is... That process of descent and ascent at the same time. Yes, when there's that critical juncture, mm -hmm. there's two things that can happen. The ascent can be of a good thing or of an even worse thing. And what I'm really, really scared of is that there's nobody good left there to do the good thing. Yeah, and that's why we need to make good out of a bad situation. Would I be involved in politics? It's a question super tricky, what you know it's a core issue in our society like the people who are supposed to lead and the positions which are supposed to give you a place in which you can improve the situation of everybody we see as positions of disrespect and conflict instead of a space for resolution well i think that there's also this thing I learned from Harry Potter, and you see it a lot in literature. The reason why Harry Potter could find all of the Deathly Hallows is because he didn't want them. The reason why he could control the Elder Wand is because he didn't want it. The reason why he had the Cloak of Invisibility is because he didn't ask for it. It came to him. I think that's crucial. I think that I don't want to be in politics. Mm -hmm. But if it ever calls to me and says, this is something that you have to carry, I will. I agree. That's, that's it. You don't have to... Pursue. Yeah, the ambition towards politics of like, I want to be the president, I want to be that. Sure, that's great, but then you'll do anything you can to get it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do anything I want to get it. If my life gives me a moment where I have to do what's right, and it happens to coincide with politics, I'll go for it. Jordan Peterson. The reason why Jordan Peterson became super influential and super famous is because he saw something that he said, uh, this is wrong. I will not put up with this. And he spoke as loudly as he could about it. And that's how he rose into prominence. I think that's it. As much as I can, like, as much as I can fathom it, build yourself up to be as strong as you can so that bad moments become good. And you become comfortable with being uncomfortable uncomfortable with being uncomfortable and when you see something bad say it and say it loud you have to be brave for that well we all do because exactly. it might not be me it might be you for eso and with that we remind you that no one gets away with anything we hope you enjoyed this, this conversation as much as we did and we'll see you again next week bye